Covered Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 12, officially done, officially wrapped up. Uh, I'll be honest, was a very rough start uh, to that Sunday slate. I don't think we got a touchdown until uh, the second, early second quarter of some of those games. Uh, not a great week of football, but again, week 13 is coming up and... Any week of NFL football is a great week, in my opinion. Uh, and we got a decent amount to talk about. Um, so just me for this episode. Uh, and I do, I have two notes for the NFL Weekly Update, and then we will get into the Week 12 recap. Um, the two notes, though. Uh, the halftime show for the... Uh, Commanders-Cowboys game, none other than the Queen herself, Dolly Parton, and she came out there in a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader uniform. And Dolly, I think, I think I looked this up already, I think Dolly is 77 years old, if I remember correctly. Do I remember my Dolly? No Wikipedia, I don't want to give you money. She is 77. Uh, and still an icon, still looking very good, if we're being completely honest. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing to see her up there. Uh, a lot of people were joking online that uh, they just thought it was one of the last uh, Cowboys cheerleaders from when they won their last Super Bowl. Uh Good joke. Uh, but yeah, Dolly is still killing it, even at 77. Still looking good while doing it. We love Dolly around here. Uh, and my next note up is Drew Brees. Uh, his right arm doesn't work. Uh, so basically, uh, Drew Brees had a shoulder injury uh, when he was playing with the San Diego Chargers. I'm sure a few people did don't know that he actually did play with the Chargers. He played with San or played with San Diego. They drafted Rivers. They moved on from Breeze, but Breeze had a really bad shoulder injury. And when he's when he was in free agency, that was the thing that made the Dolphins not sign Drew Breeze was this shoulder. So I guess you know eventually, like how long has has that been? Eighteen years later, uh, the those Dolphins doctors got it right. Where where the Dolphins would be as a franchise right now if we would have got Drew Brees all the way back then. But uh, yeah, this is one of the things that happens when you have a long, long career in the NFL. Maybe play for a little too long because those last few years of Drew Brees, it was he would start off hot and then his arm would just fade and fade and fade as the season went on. Uh, not great, not great. Uh, he's He is an all-time legend, future Hall of Famer. But not a great thing to see from one of the all-time legends of the sport. So hopefully that he gets back some mobility. He'll be able to use it to, like... Because he would like... I think he would love to be able to throw a football around with his kids. I mean, he does with his boys, not really with his daughter. But beside the point. Uh, yeah, that does it for the NFL Weekly Update. Let's get into some Week 12 recap talk. Stock tart... Uh, blah, blah. Restart talking about 
I did the same thing again. I don't want to say talking about starting with the game we just watched on Monday night, uh, Vikings versus Bear Bears at Vikings. Bears 12, Vikings 10. This game absolutely stunk. I'll be completely honest. I went to bed at halftime. Uh, awful, awful game. The Bears, the winning side, uh, I guess you can say great job for their defense. They forced... Uh, I know Josh Dobbs had four interceptions, but how many turnovers did they have? Uh... Yeah, they forced six turnovers on the game. That was honestly the big deciding point because this Bears defense could not do anything. But let's give some of these Bears defensive players some shout-out. TJ Edwards, interception. Kyler Gordon, interception. Uh, Jaquan Brisker, interception and half a sack. Montez Sweat, sack and a half. That's why you trade for a man like him. Uh, And... Jalen Johnson, an interception. Basically, everyone getting involved on defense. This is what you kind of need to see from Matt Eberflus if you want to keep him around as your head coach. Is your unit has to be better. The reason we hired you, they hired him to be do everything. Be the head coach, be the leader of these men. But he, his unit is the defense. And if his unit isn't up to par, then he should be out the door. The Chargers should have figured that out three seasons ago with Brandon Staley. But that's beside the point. Um... Yeah, so good to see that the Bears' defense is looking a little better. Uh, The offense, on the other hand, it was all Justin Fields and DJ Moore, like it typically is. Uh, Roshan Johnson made a few big plays in the first quarter, but didn't really amount to anything else on the day. Uh, Yeah, Fields on the day, 27 of 37 for 217 yards. I think he averaged, it was like 2.4 yards a catch. Half of his throws were screen passes. Uh, Just not a great game plan versus, you know what Brian Flores does week in and week out. He blitzes the crap out of you. He blitzes the crap out of you on a higher rate than anyone else in the league by a wide, wide margin. Uh, And I thought that this would have been a game where Justin Fields uses his legs a little more. Maybe they do some QB runs, but... I don't know why they were consistently calling screens. I know that like if more people are blitzing, you get the screen guys. I don't know. There's less people to block down the field, but uh just a real really uh unimaginative game plan from the Bears. Uh but I don't expect much from them. I don't think that they're a very good team. Uh they helped me at ah, actually that's what I should have said at the top of the show. I went five for five on my picks last week. Uh, first time all year. Uh, if you wondering why I'm laughing, I just did a, I don't even know what I did into the camera, but I did it. Um, yeah, I went five for five on my picks. Very nice. Bears were the last stretch, uh, the last pick on my parlay for that to hit. Uh, and I was sleeping. So I woke up and I was like, cool, that's a nice 160 in the bank account right now. Uh, yeah, I went five for five. I'm hot. Gambling streak, maybe? Probably not, but um Yeah. <laughs> let's let's keep going. On the Viking side, uh they have fizzled off greatly after they lost last week, right? They they did. They were six and four. They 
After losing a close game to the Broncos, they couldn't beat the Bears here. Josh Dobbs has kind of, he, he looked terrific in those first two games for the Vikings, and since then has kind of fizzled out four interceptions for him on the day. As I said, uh, he was 22 of th- 32, 185 yard, one passing touchdown. Uh, yeah, they just couldn't really get much of anything going. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 5 of 50. Five for 50, one touchdown, the lone touchdown for the Vikings on the game. But uh, turnovers, turnovers consistently kill you in games like this. And that was the big difference uh, for the Vikings, where if they don't turn over that ball four times, I think that they win because the Bears could not score a touchdown. All 12 of their points, I think I mentioned, came from uh, Cairo Santos. He also missed a uh, fifth field goal there. But, uh, yeah, this was just a boring game. I feel like I've spent too much time on it. So let's go back all the way back to Thursday. I already recapped the uh, Packers-Lions game on my Friday show because it was 29 Packers, 22 Lions, and it was Thanksgiving. So that game was at 1230. Got to watch it. Either way, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Uh, Packers young offense looking better. Jordan Love played his best game of the year. Lions, on the other hand, the offense had its issues, more turnovers from Jared Goff, very uncharacteristic of him, and that defense just flat out has sucked since the Ravens game. So that has to get figured out. Um, yeah, so that's the that's that game. Uh, Commanders-Cowboys, this was the game I was watching live. I said the Cowboys were going to kill them, and what did they do? The Cowboys absolutely killed another team. Cowboys 45, Commanders 10. Uh, The Cowboys just keep doing this week after week after week to really, really bad teams, but who cares? They're winning football games, and they look very good doing it. Uh, Dak, another four-touchdown performance, was 22 of 32 for 331, four TDs. Tony Pollard, 13 carries for 79 yards, 6.1 average, another touchdown. Uh, Brandon Cooks, 4 for 72, a TD. C.D. Lamb, 4 of 53, another TD. Uh, Kevontae Turpin added a touchdown. Rico Dowdle added a touchdown. Uh, and you want to know who else added a touchdown in this game? Uh, Cowboys cornerback Deron Bland returned his fifth pick six of the season, an NFL record. Uh, the call by Al Michaels as he was, uh, as he was bringing that one back to the house. I think it was Al Michaels. I honestly, I confuse a lot of these commentators together. I focus a lot on the game more than what they're saying in between plays. Uh, that might be an ADHD thing, but regardless. Uh, yeah, Deron Bland secretly, quietly, silently getting into the, not really silently, I mean, fuck, he just broke an NFL record, but getting in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year right now, uh... If you set an NFL record, you just deserve to be in that conversation, especially one I don't think anyone really saw bro- uh, breaking. I know Chu was like, oh, Stephon Gilmore, he covers the number one wide receiver every game. Great, we don't care. Uh, Gilly, still good, but he's not breaking NFL records, getting five TDs uh, on defense, five pick sixes. Uh, absolutely incredible season for Deron Bland. And I think his teammate, Micah Parsons, also made a couple plays in this one. If, uh, 
yeah, he added a sack and a half on the season, putting his total now at 11 and a half. Uh, they got two DPOY candidates on their defense right now, and that's why they're looking like a good team. Obviously, got to play got to play a good team and do it against them. Uh, but we will see. Commanders on the other side. Uh, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio does get fired. Ron Rivera is taking over play calling duties for him at this moment. Uh, another defensive head coach who fires their defensive, actually, I guess Sean McDermott fired the offensive coordinator to scapegoat himself, but, uh, Ron Rivera doing it to his defensive guy, uh, being like, oh, he's the reason. No, it's, again, I don't think it's, the team's just not good. Ron Rivera is just doing nothing for them, but Jack Del Rio gets a scapegoat. Ron Rivera should just quickly be out the door. Just give the keys to Eric Bieniemy. You brought him in here to be your offensive coordinator. You made him assistant head coach. Get rid of Ron Rivera and let Eric Bieniemy coach this team for the last five games of the season. Five games of the season? That sounds right. Five games of the season. Yeah. Uh, and give him a shot. If you want this guy to be your future head coach... Give him the reins now. What's Ron Rivera going to do for another five games? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. He, The game has passed him by at this point. Uh, but yeah, the commanders were, I mean, is there anything really of note to say? Uh, Sam Howell, 28 of 44, 300 yards, still leading the league in passer yards. Good for Sam Howell. Uh, also added a rushing TD on the ground, their lone touchdown of the day. Uh, yeah, Curtis Samuel randomly decided to go off in this one. He had nine catches for 100 yards. Uh, other than that, we got nothing to talk about, so we can move on to the Thursday night game. Finally, Niners at Seahawks. Niners 31, Seahawks 13. I said in the blind recap where... Uh, Pete Carroll always plays Kyle Shanahan close. They always give him tough games. Uh, they did not. They did not. This was over from basically the beginning. The Seahawks just aren't, aren't good. I, for a team that started very, very hot, it looked like they were building. They trade for Leonard Williams. Uh, and usually I talk about the winning team first, but it's, what new is there to say about the Niners? Like, so we'll get to them. Uh, but yeah, the Seahawks defense, they trade for Leonard Williams. They drafted Tariq Woolen last year. And now, sorry, Reek Woolen. Reek is what right? He has been benched for doing, uh, for like a lack of tackling effort, essentially. Uh, so he's benched. The defense is just not doing great. And a large part of why the defense isn't doing great is because their offense sucks they were without Kenneth Walker in this one and you could tell that that hurt them because Zach Charbonnet only had 47 yards on the ground 3.4 average the passing game couldn't do anything uh, Gino Gino struggled 18 of 27 180 yards and an interception was sacked six times on the game this is just a very this is a Seahawks team that is fading very, very fast, and something needs to change quickly for them to get back on track and keep that one of those wild card spots in the playoffs because it is the Niners division to lose and the Niners division to lose by a wide, wide, wide margin. Uh, yeah, 
CMC put the team on his back. 19 carries, 114 yards, two TDs. Also added five catches for 25 on the ground. Brandon Ayuk, another touchdown in this one. Uh, two catches for 50 yards. Uh, and yeah, Brock Purdy. Uh, 21 of 30, 209 yards, one passing touchdown, one interception. Uh, but a lot of this... Like, again, the offense did its job. It always does its part. Uh, doesn't matter who's really back there, front and quarterback, and that's not really a shot at Brock Purdy. He's been very good, but this Niners offense always clicks against inferior opponents. They always win, but this defense really, really came out to play. Uh, Taj Gibson in relief of Talanoa Hufanga, I believe. He had a sack on the day. Uh, Nick Bosa, two sacks on the day. Javon Hargrave, a sack and a half. Eric Armstead had a sack. Uh, Ambry Thomas got the interception on Geno. Did Chase Young not make the stat sheet again? That's really funny. Chase Young just repeatedly not being in the stat sheets here. But I know he's making a difference because this defense... Has been better since, but I don't know. There's What else do we say about the Niners? They're really fucking good. If none of their key guys on offense gets hurt, they're going to be in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. It's really them two. They play again this week. That'll be a very, very good game. Uh, the Niners are already plus three. That might be a little bit disrespectful to the Eagles who are at home, but that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, let's move on from this one. Seahawks just over overall very disappointing. I think I kind of covered it, so let's keep going. Uh, Black Friday game, Dolphins and Jets. Dolphins thirty four, Jets thirteen. Ah, uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy in a way. We won by twenty one points. Uh, that's Javon Holland. Actually, no, I'm not even gonna get into that yet because it's a Dolphins win. We won by twenty one. Woohoo! But it is a sad, sad day because the MetLife turf has claimed another individual, this time it being uh, Dolphins ascending pass rusher Jalen Phillips having an incredible season uh, so far, really coming into his own. But nope, the turf took him away from us again. uh, It was an Achilles injury from him, non-contact, just kind of pushed off and it snapped the video you can see the like the tendon snapping in his calf uh yeah you can see his calf kind of bursting in his leg but uh since 2020 this is a partial list of injuries suffered on MetLife uh, stadium turf Nick Bosa ACL Solomon Thomas ACL Jimmy G ankle sprain Raheem Mostert MCL tear Sterling Shepard Achilles tear Sterling Shepard ACL tear Wandale Robinson ACL tear Blake Martinez, Achilles tear, Shane Lemieux, patellar tendon tear, Jabril Peppers, ACL tear, Kyle Fuller, ACL tear, Aaron Rodgers, Achilles tear, Al Woods, Achilles tear, and now Jill and Phillips, Achilles tear. I don't know why the NFL just doesn't mandate, hey, put grass in every stadium, fucking deal with it. Uh, These billion-dollar clubs should be putting their players in the best possible position and best possible spot to not get injured and put the best product they can on the field. Just turf is stupid. And this MetLife turf is awful. Like, I don't know what the hell they're putting there, but turf is bad in general. No one wants it. 
I think it's been proven already that the science says that grass is much, much better than turf. And don't give me the bullshit, oh, teams like the Bills and the Jets and the Giants who play outside, and oh, it gets cold. The field will... They put heaters, they can do it, it's it's fine. If if teams wanted to, they would, but they don't because they're cheap and they don't want to replace their entire new field because it costs a shit ton of money. Uh, Woody Johnson and John, John Mara, the Jets and Giants owner, between the two of them sharing a stadium, should definitely af- afford better quality for both of their teams to play on. It's just very sad at this point. Uh, yeah, and... Jalen Phillips is obviously done now for the year. Uh, And in his absence, the Dolphins have signed uh, Jason Pierre-Paul off the Saints practice squad. Uh, He's not going to start for us, but again, a guy who's been around, a guy who's won Super Bowls, had a very, very good peak in his career. He made my haul a very good in the offseason. I think he's a Florida native too. I think he's from Miami, that area anyway, so... Happy to have him, happy to have him in the locker room, but this is where Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips was hurt earlier in the season. He really went to town. We're going to need him to step up again, and I think he will. I think he will. Uh, yeah, other things. I guess we can talk about the actual Dolphins game. Uh, Tua fucking sold me on this one. I started him in fantasy 7, seven points, 7.72 points, whatever it was. Uh, not very good. He was 21 of 30 for 243 yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions, also had a fumble, three turnovers, not great, but he had a good game. I know it's weird to say, because you take away those three plays, he played excellent football. Obviously, those three plays happened, so it skews the entire rest of the game, but, uh, yeah, Raheem Mostert continues to do his thing. 20 carries, 94 yards, another two TDs on the ground. He continues to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. And Waddle and Tyreek had a game. Waddle, eight catches for 114 yards. Tyreek, nine catches for 102 yards, one TD. Was a good offensive performance. And Tua, he ends the uh, he ends the first half with an interception there's still some time on the clock jets are in hail mary territory so they're like hey, let's do it with tim boyle javon holland interception on the one yard line runs it back 99 yards breaks tim boyle's ankles and that's that that is that uh yeah i don't know like easy easy win for the dolphins the defense is playing very good Defense takes a hit now with Jalen Phillips out, but Dolphins are rolling. Dolphins are going to continue to roll. I think our next three games are Commanders, Titans, and Jets. Going to go 3-0 three, three and oh in all of those, and then our real tough getting ready for the playoff game slate happens with Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. So those are the games excited for, but let's win these next three to solidify our playoff position, to solidify the division. Uh, yeah, we can... Start talking about the Jets here a little bit. Tim Boyle, I called it, absolutely stunk. 27 of 38, 179 yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions. Just not good, and I don't know what else there is to say about this Jets team. The defense tries to play really, really well. They, I think Miami was only, I think it was like 10-3, going into half, and then we got that pick six to really just kind of stick it to... (coughs) Jesus. Uh, To stick it to them a little bit there. 
uh, really twisting the knife a little bit because the Jets' defense has found out where if they allow more than like 13 points, it's an automatic loss, uh, which is very sad, hard to rally your team week in and week out when you have one unit that just isn't doing their job whatsoever. Uh, some comments that pissed me off, though, after the game. Uh, head coach Robert Salah said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the quote off the top of my head, but basically, Brees Hall has to stop looking for the explosive plays and just kind of needs to hit the holes and get the yards where he sees them and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Brees Hall is one of the only reasons why you have an offense. He's the only reason why you have an explosive plays. Maybe blame everyone else except your one one of two players that's actually contributing for you on offense. Uh, didn't like that. Didn't like that. That's a quick way to lose more of your locker room when even the defensive guys are being like, yo, coach, why are you shitting on him? He's the only one doing his job on the offense for you. Uh, yeah, we can move on, though. The Jets suck. Uh, we'll see who they play at quarterback. I think it's still Tim Boyle again. Woof. Uh on to the Sunday slate now. One of the best games of the week. The only good game in the uh, opening afternoon slate. Jags 24, Texans 21. Uh, the AFC South and in turn the AFC is going to be a very, very, very tough division slash conference for the foreseeable future. Uh, the Jags look like a very good team this year. I think people still have their questions, and that's fair, but they are one of the playoff contending teams this year. That is a fact. Uh, so they are good. They got their QB, Trevor Lawrence. The Texans, CJ Stroud. That Texans team is building. Let's see what they can do in the offseason. The Colts are in a playoff spot right now, and they don't even even have their rookie quarterback who looked pretty good to start the year. Then we got the Dolphins with Tua, the Bills with Josh Allen still, the Ravens with Lamar, the Bengals with Burrow. Uh, some really good defenses mixed in there too. The Jets are going to have Aaron Rodgers next year. The AFC is too good, and the AFC South is going to be one of the best divisions in football next year to watch. And this was just kind of a sneak preview. The Jags... Just inch it out, and I mean literally inch it out. The game came down to a game-tying kick by Texans kicker Matt Amendola, who got signed in uh, relief of Kaimi Fairbairn, who got injured. So Matt Amendola comes on 58-yarder. It's right down the middle and just boom, right off the crossbar, out. Uh, and that was the game, and that's what it came down to. Let's talk about this Jags team, though. Trevor Lawrence, very good in this one, 23 of 38, 364 yards, one passing touchdown, added a rushing touchdown on the day two, uh, also added an interception, <coughs> and was another big game from Calvin Ridley, five catches of 89 yards, one passing touchdown, Christian Kirk also added four catches for 89 yards, and this is, I mean, this goes to what I said last week about the Zay Jones effect. When Calvin Ridley is playing with Zay Jones in the lineup, that offense just looks better, and it has. It has, uh, I think the Jags' defense was very, very good, and it was Josh Allen, Jaguars' Josh Allen, two and a half sacks in this one. Uh, I think he had double-digit pressures on Stroud, and it's not like Josh Allen was going against Subscrub. He was going against Laramie Tunsil for most of the game. Uh, so big ups to him for 
wreaking havoc in this one. Yeah, the Jags needed to win this one to kind of put a stranglehold on the division, and they have. They proved that they are the superior team to the Texans, and that it should have been an easier feat. I'll say that. They have the better team. They have the better roster. And I said it in my preview. They are more ready to contend than the Texans are this year. And I think that everyone can agree with that. The Texans, no one really assumed the Texans would make the playoffs this year. And right now they are in in kind of control of one of those playoff spots. So we will see. Uh, but the Jags, kind of where it fell flat for them, was their red zone offense. Uh I think, let me see, I'm trying to remember here. Kicking, yeah, uh, Brandon McManus had three field goals on the day. I think the Jags went for it on fourth down a couple times too, if I remember. They did not. Either way, they weren't good in the red zone. They left points on the field uh, and with kicking field goals instead. And that's how you lose to better teams than the Texans. Uh, Texans on the other side, man, if CJ Stroud would have won this game, I would have been fully on board for Stroud for MVP talk. He had another very good game, 26 of 36, 304 yards, two passing touchdowns, also added 47 yards rushing and a TD. Uh, Nico Collins was great in this one, seven catches for 104 yards, one TD. Tank Dell also five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh yeah, I just this is this is a Texans team that should make the playoffs. I believe will make the playoffs. Um Oh, right now they're sitting out of a playoff spot, right, because the Colts have the head to head over them. But right now, let's just go over the the AFC wildcard right now, the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts, and then we have the Texans, the Broncos, and the Bills all sitting at six wins on the outside of it. Uh it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to come down to the wire of who wants it. I think that I think that the Steelers are pretty safe. I think being a game up on most of these six-win teams, uh, the offense, we'll get to the offense, actually looked functional, uh, wild to say, for the first time. I mean, I don't know when, since they hired Matt Canada in 2021. But... Uh, yeah, the Texans have a shot. I think the Texans have a very good shot, uh, especially injuries to the Browns. We'll talk about that soon, too. But, um, yeah, I guess last note that I have for the Texans is their red uni jersey combinations, the red helmet, the red jersey, the red pants, absolutely fantastic. I have not liked the Texans' uniforms and their uniform combinations for a while, I think they're kind of one of the worst uniforms in the NFL. And that combo, though, top 10. I say top 10 with no, like, prior knowledge or what I'm kind of saying top 10 of, because there's a, been a lot of jerseys in the NFL. Uh, but it's a nice combo. It's a nice combo for the modern era. I'll say that. Let's keep going, though. Uh Next game up, it is the Steelers that we briefly talked about there. Uh, Steelers 16, Bengals 10, and I was kind of alluding to it, but the streak is over uh, in the first game without offensive coordinator Matt Canada. The Steelers have gone for over 400 yards for the first time in 58 games. 
never did that with Matt Canada as their offensive coordinator. And it was funny. Apparently, the last game before Canada was hired was the last time they had a 400-point game. So literally, his entire tenure as the Steelers' offensive coordinator never had 400 total yards on offense. Uh, Absolutely brutal. Now, did the offense still look great? No. Obviously, they only scored 16 on the day. But Kenny Pickett looked actually pretty good. Uh, 24 of 33, 278 yards, and he was allowed to throw to the middle of the field for the first time in almost forever. And what a shock, it worked. And Pat Fryermuth, who we haven't really had his name called all season, finally got involved because you want to know who was running in the middle of the field all those times? Him. Uh, he had nine catches for 120 yards on the day. He was the big... Uh, Big safety guy for Pat Fryermuth, always open. Pickens, three catches, 58 yards. Deontay Johnson, four catches for 50 yards. And an absolutely just really, really, really lazy play where they were running the ball. He just stood there, didn't do anything, watched the play. Saw Jalen Warren fumble, the ball bounced right in front of him. It just didn't move the entire time. One of the most lack of effort plays I have seen in a long, long time. Uh... And Najee Harris, for the first time in his kind of Steelers career, kind of look, looked like Alabama Najee Harris, 15 carries for 90, uh, 99 yards and a touchdown, 6.6 uh, 6 yards per carry. Uh, this might be turning over a new leaf for the Steelers. Now, the Bengals' defense is still good, so they did uh, they did their job, and I think the Steelers have... The Steelers have the Cardinals this week, where... If this offense really did turn turn a corner, turn a page, this Cardinals defense is not very good, and I have been saying basically the entire season, this Steelers team has playmakers on it. It's just they need someone who can get them the ball consistently and better play calling. It looks like they have better play calling, and with that, Kenny Pickett looked better after I called him a not a top 40 quarterback in the league. Stay hot, me. Uh... Yeah, and TJ Watt added to his DPOY campaign two sacks and a forced fumble. That puts him at 13 and, a half, 13 and a half sacks on the day, or on the year, I should say. Cam Hayward added another sack. So did Nate Herbig. Nick Herbig, my bad. Uh, yeah, Bengals, other side here. Uh, Jake Browning looked like how we all thought Jake Browning should look. 19 of 26, 227 yards, one TD, one interception. Sacked four times, also had that fumble. Oh, uh, he didn't lose that fumble, actually, but he got forced one out. Uh, they could not run the ball. Joe Mixon, eight carries, 16 yards. Chase, four catches for 81. He tried his best. Uh Yeah, this is Joe Burrow is done. The Bengals are done. I don't think there is much more to really say, so let's keep going here. Uh, next game up, Panthers 10, Titans 17. Uh, yeah, this is a game that occurred on Sunday. It's, yeah, wasn't a good game. I knew that the Panthers were going to struggle on offense. And I knew, again, I picked the Titans minus three and a half. I went five for five, as I've said. Uh, did I expect the Titans to only score 17? No, not really. I thought it would look a little better. Uh, they couldn't move the ball, though. And I just think it's, 
these playmakers for the Titans are just very old, and with the offensive line not being very good, leaves Will Levis not a lot of time in the pocket to really read the field, make the decisions he has to, uh, rushes a lot of plays, but is what it is. And now that we're getting into the end of the year, Tractor Sito season has arrived. 18 carries for seven, 76 yards, two TDs on the day. Uh, yeah. I think that's all I can really say about the... Uh, all I can really say about the Titans. They're not good. Panthers, on the other hand, I actually do have things to talk about because head coach Frank Reich has been fired... Uh, along with quarterbacks coach Josh McCowan and running backs coach Deuce Staley. Kind, kind of ironic uh, that the offensive line coach, whoever he is, also did not get fired because his unit is the one that's really, really underachieving this year uh, and is a big reason why the offense can't function at least somewhat normally is because the offensive line sucks so fucking much. Uh, but yeah, Frank right now fired twice in the span of a year. I think he's hinted at that he's just kind of done with coaching, and he's old. He can retire. He's had a long, decent career. Uh, part of, I think he was the offensive coordinator to win the Eagles won their Super Bowl in 2017 with Nick Foles. I think I'm right there. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. I don't know who took over as their interim coach, if I'm being honest. Panthers interim coach. Ah, special teams coach Chris Tabor. Tabor. I think it's Tabor. Where has he been? He's 52 years old. Uh, was with, He was the Bears assistant special teams coach from 08 to 2010. The Browns special teams coordinator for 2011 to 2017. The Bears special teams coordinator from 2018 to 2021. And now, so I think this is just kind of... Scott Fitter, David Tepper being like, we don't want to put the DC, we don't want to put Aviro or uh, Thomas Brown in those head coaching roles for whatever reason, if I'm being honest. Just let the special teams guy run out the season, whatever. Season's lost. Uh, yeah, and there was just, I mean, Bryce Young, you got to feel bad for him. He was trying to make plays, and his receivers were literally jumping out of bounds to not make a play for him. Uh, Jonathan Mingo was running to the sideline. Bryce Young was scrambling out. Bryce Young throws a ball, uh, was behind Mingo, to be fair, but Mingo, all he had to do was slow down or just kind of stop and catch it, and he would have had it. But Mingo decided to jump, like, feet first out of bounds, basically, and try to make a catch instead of just, like, making a catch like a normal person. It was a ridiculous clip to watch. Uh, I recommend finding that, uh video on Twitter or somewhere, just type in Jonathan Mingo. I'm sure it'll pop up. Uh, yeah, and speaking of their owner, David Tepper there, uh, he just kind of gets in his own way. These billionaires come in, they're big sports fans, and be like, oh, I'm going to help change things, and they get in the way of the people who are actually the football people who are actually doing their jobs. Now, if I was a billionaire and could afford an NFL team, would I do the exact same thing David Tepper's doing? Probably. I would love to be hands-on in an NFL team and be like, oh, we should do this and we should do this. But uh, he had a press conference today where basically he said that the plan was for the Texans, a three-team trade. The Texans were going to trade up to one with the Bears so they could draft 
Bryce Young, and then the Bears were going to trade with the Panthers so they could pick C.J. Stroud. Then the Texans backed out of the deal, and then the Bears made that trade with the Panthers to just swap to one, uh, and they took Bryce Young because they all... They wanted C.J. Stroud. They assumed that Bryce Young was going to be the pick at one, uh, and then... Instead of taking the guy they kind of wanted, they took the consensus number one because Bryce Young was the consensus number one. Either way, David Tepper, you don't have to say any of this. You don't have to even bring up C.J. Stroud's name. You could have said that this was the deal that was in place. Either way, I don't know why he was having this press conference to begin with. Uh, It also got noted by someone earlier in the season where I guess David Tepper saw a play from the Cleveland Browns that he really liked, and he brought it to the coaching staff and was like, run this in your next game. Like, get out of there. Just sign the checks and don't even show up to the building. Uh, Again, if I was in his spot, I'd do the exact same thing. But I'm not in his spot, so I can judge him for doing the wrong thing. Um, Yeah, the Panthers are very, very dysfunctional, have been ever since he took over. I mean, going from Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton came back, then we... uh, then we bring in Sam Darnold, and then it's Baker, and then Sam Darnold starting again, and P.J. Walker, and let's draft Will Greer, and let's draft Matt Corral, and it's just, it just hasn't worked out, and I hope Bryce Young gets some help next season, because goddamn does he need it. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Saints 15, Falcons 24. Bijan Robinson has arrived, finally out of the... Arthur Smith doghouse, hopefully. Uh, He had, what did he have again? Uh, 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. Also added three catches for 32 and a TD on the the day. Uh, And yeah, the Falcons really, really got their run game going. Uh, Bijan was the main contributor with the stat line I just read there. Algier also added 10 carries for 64 yards. Uh, Cordero Patterson, who they finally remembered that they had, uh, eight rushes for 43. Uh, Drake London, five catches for 91 on the day. Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter type of game, 13 to 21, 168 yards, one passing touchdown, two interceptions. And the defense, the defense for the Falcons stepped up. Jesse Bates had the pick six on Derek Carr. Uh, also added a forced fumble to. And I and again I said the pick six. Uh, this Falcons team is now leading the division at five and six. Absolutely unbelievable that a five and six team is leading the division. Uh, the NFC South just sucks. Desmond Ritter sucks, but run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Falcons are probably going to win this division because they have better. Skill position players, their offensive line is solid, and their defense is solid. Because uh, the flaw for all of these NFC South rosters, uh, except for the Panthers, is they don't have quarterbacks. They don't have quarterbacks who can do anything, who cost the games. And Baker isn't in the, like, Derek Carr. Ah, maybe he is. I think I just like Baker because he has more, like, spunk than Derek Carr. But, uh... Yeah, 5-6 and six is winning this division. Uh, on the other hand, though, Derek Carr, 24 of 38, 304 yards, interception. It was that pick six. Uh, Chris Olave had a huge, huge game, 
Seven catches, 114 yards, unfortunately left with a concussion. He is most likely out for this year. Uh, I think uh, Saints' other receiver, Rashid Shahid, also left with an injury. Michael Thomas already on IR. Could be a very, very rough game for the Saints next week. Uh, Who do they play? They play the Lions. Ooh, that could be a tough one. But they're playing the Lions in their defense, though. Let's not forget that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The This is just as like, it's it's sad. It's sad football when this is, five and six is going to, like, is leading the division right now. Uh, and I want the Falcons to win the division because then I hit a massive parlay, but that's beside the point. <clears throat> uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Bucks 20, Colts 27. Jonathan Taylor finally has arrived, and as quickly as he's arrived, he has left us. Uh, he is out to the next two to three weeks with a thumb injury. Uh, I guess we'll see if they get him come back if they're out of playoff contention. That's kind of like why play. Uh, Taylor, though, he did have a very good game. Uh, 15 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Zach Moss continued to have his... Good season, eight carries for 55 yards. Gardner Minshew added a TD on the ground. It was also 24 of 41 for 251 in an interception. Michael Pittman, big day, 10 catches for 107. Josh Downs continues his good rookie campaign, 5 of 43. Uh, Samson Ebukam, two sacks. Quiddy Pay a sack. Uh, Ronnie Harrison, interception. There's a lot to like about this Colts team. I have to plug my laptop in or it's going to die. Sorry about that, folks. Technical difficulties, kind of, not really. Uh, But yeah, this Colts team, if you're watching the video right now, you just see me scrambling for my laptop charger. Uh, Yeah, this Colts team right now is just, the fact that they're in a playoff spot is honestly a borderline miracle with, I mean... I like Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback, but uh, he is not their future. Anthony Richardson is their future, and he will be... Why can't I fucking... Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, But Gardner Minshew is not the future. Anthony Richardson is. Uh, Shane Steichen deserves to be in the Coach of the Year talk. He is having an absolute incredible season because at the start of the year I picture that the Colts could do this around 500 miss the playoffs blah 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 uh but I had my doubts where I said the same thing with the Texans where I could see it with the Texans I liked their younger weapons I mean I like the Colts weapons too but I liked their offensive line I liked D'Amico I didn't really know much about Shane Steichen other than he had the overpowered like Eagles offense and did really well blah 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 uh but he is a very good coach. He is running this team very well. The fact that they're in a playoff spot as of 6 o'clock, November 28th, uh, 2023. Uh, yeah, the Colts are building something, and I'm excited to see where it goes for that. If they make the playoffs this year, great. That's a huge year one success. If they don't, you get a better draft pick. Woohoo. Uh, Buccaneers... On the other hand, Baker left a bit 
with an injury. Came back, though, was 20 of 30, 199 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Mike Evans continues his great year. Six catches, 70 yards, two TDs. Rashad White, 15 carries, 100 yards. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, just overall not not a good Bucks team. And, I mean, this Bucks team, what did they start the year? They were... They were three and one to start the year, and since then are one and six. Uh, they're not good. They have again. There's a lot of players on this team still from that 2020 Super Bowl team that are still very good players in this league, contributors in this league. But the coaching isn't there anymore. Tom Brady isn't there anymore. Uh, just overall aspects of the team have gotten a little weaker. Uh wouldn't shock me, and already one of them has been fired, but if every coach in the NFC South gets fired, I think the only one to who could save his job is Arthur Smith if he wins the division, but it's like maybe he still does. I don't know, but Todd Bowles got to get fired. Frank Reich already gone. Uh, Saints coach Dennis Allen also needs to get the fuck out of here. Uh just bad division, bad, bad, bad division, and this used to be one of the best divisions in football when it was Breeze going up up against Matt Ryan and Julio and the Falcons and Cam Newton and the Panthers, and the Bucks just stunk. But uh, that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, the NFC South is terrible. Let's keep going though to the worst matchup of the season so far. Worst game: Giants ten, Patriots seven. Uh, no team scored a touchdown or no, no team scored a point until well into the second quarter. I think that it broke the record this season by over 10 minutes. Uh, this game absolutely stunk, but the Giants won, uh, largely in part to, uh, did they? Dan, that's quick turnaround for MetLife, going from the Jets playing on Friday to the Giants playing on Sunday. Maybe that's why your turf fucking stinks. Uh, but the Giants at home, and whose home crowd is this? Tommy DeVito's. The stadium's in his backyard, and he brought out the entire DeVito clan. Uh, I think he had like 50 of his friends and family members there. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Typical like American-Italian family. They're doing the... Tommy DeVito scores a TD. You see his dad in the stands doing the, like, Italian finger. I don't know how to describe it, but I think you know what I mean when, you know, you're shaking your hands and you blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very cool to see. And as someone who hated on Tommy DeVito and was, how did he get to the league? How did he finesse his way here after his career at Syracuse and Illinois in college where he was just very okay? He's it's he's having a nice story, and that's kind of like you want to be one of kind of these folklore hero guys because people are going to remember Tommy DeVito for the rest of I mean the big fans anyways like ten years down the line you know and you're sitting around with all your boys and it's like oh you know do you guys remember Tommy DeVito that fun run that he won the American Italian. Uh, <laughs> The Jersey Juice, whatever. Either way, Tommy DeVito, very fun story. He was 17 of 25 on the day, 191 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, Saquon on the ground, 12 carries for 46 yards. 
uh, was a big, big game from rookie wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. DeVito hit him a couple times uh, early in the game down the field. Uh, but really, it was the defense again. Bobby Okereke with an interception. Xavier McKinney with an interception. Kayvon Thibodeau with half a sack and a forced fumble on the game. Jihad Ward, sack and a half. Uh, his Jets defense continues to play well, and largely due to the fact that the Patriots suck. The Patriots suck. Mac Jones in at quarterback was 12 for 21, 89 yards, two interceptions, uh, and he also fumbled it. I got a Mac Jones stat here. Mac Jones passer rating in the uh, in his time. Or Mac Jones passer rating in the game was twenty seven point eight. If he went zero for twenty one and all twenty one passes were spikes into the ground, his passer rating would be thirty nine point six. I don't know how the hell passer rating works, but that is very bad. When I could have gone out there had a higher passer rating than Mac Jones if I really wanted to. Um, so Mac Jones was benched again for Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, not much better. 9 for 14, 54 yards, one interception. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke actually had pretty do, pretty good days on the ground. Stevenson, 21 of 98 and a touchdown. Uh, Zeke, 9 for 46. Uh, rookie receiver Pop Douglas, 6 of 49. I don't even know why I'm reading stats for, like, the Pats offense just flat out sucks, flat out sucks. And to end the game, Chad Ryland, the rookie kicker, had a 38-yarder to send it to overtime, and he completely just shanked it. A 38-yarder, shouldn't have missed it. You can't miss that. But I'm sure that there are a lot of happy Patriots fans, and this is the very first one where they are happy they have lost this game because... Right now, I think I put puts them at the number two overall pick behind the Bears, uh, and that makes me nervous. So I brought it up a couple weeks ago, where when I was talking with Spills, I believe where Patriots they get they have a hundred million cap, they got to re-sign some of their own guys like Kyle Duggar and uh, and Michael Owenu. We'll see what happens there. Uh, they got a lot of cap space to spend. They'll get Christian Gonzalez back. They'll get Matt Judon back. And that defense will look much, much different, much, much better with those guys back on the field. And if they get Caleb Williams or Drake May and they add one one weapon, I hate to say it, but the Patriots could be back. Now, a lot has to change on the offense, and I mean a lot like they got to get a whole new receiving group in there, new personnel, top to bottom. Uh, but there's a chance at this time next year where the Patriots will be in the hunt for a playoff spot or in a playoff spot right now, and that would make me very, very sad if their turnaround from worst team from like best dynasty of all time to rock bottom and then to immediately get your franchise quarterback again. That would that would really hurt me as someone who has watched every other team in this division but the Patriots struggle to find their guy, and then the Patriots finally lose their guy after 20 years, and then they immediately get, they get their next one in Caleb Williams or Drake May. 
Uh, a lot of that's going to come down to the Jets' Week 18 game, uh, if they win that one. I guess we'll see a lot can play out. I mean, they play the Chargers this week, and you never know what the fucking Chargers. So, uh, Pats might steal a game at some point from some team, but let's keep going. Uh, next game up, Browns 12, Broncos 29. Scorigami in this one. Uh, what a turnaround for the Broncos. Now sitting one game out of a playoff spot. They have been excellent, basically, since... Uh, since Miami torched them. And I got some stats here for this Broncos defense. 15 takeaways since week 18. That leads the league. Uh, and then they went from allowing 29, 29 points per game. I think that was in weeks 1 to 5 where they allowed 29 points a game. To now they have allowed 14.4 points per game in that stretch. The defense has been incredible. It has turned around so much. Uh give absolutely a ton of credit to Sean Payton for getting rid of some guys on those defense, some of the veteran guys who being like, you're not pulling your weight, you're not trying, give some of these younger guys an opportunity to grow and prove themselves. Uh, defense has turned around immensely. The offense still doesn't look great, but who cares? They're winning football games, Russ. They wanted you to be a game manager last year, and you didn't want to do that, and now you're listening to Sean Payton because there's a big difference in coaching between Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, like the Broncos, great story. Nice to see them like trending here. I also predicted that they could do this. Eh, I know what I'm talking about. Smart, smart brain, smart man. Five for five on my parlay. I'm really hot in gambling. <laughs> really hot. Uh yeah, either way. Like, the Broncos are, like, good, but they're not good. That makes sense, right? That makes sense. Uh, Browns, on the other hand, lots of injuries from them in this one. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson finally looked like he was cooking a little bit. Then he gets a concussion. He is out. Cho Flacco time, maybe. Uh, they put P.J. Walker in. P.J. Walker was... P.J. Walker did not look good. I would be very excited to see Joe Flacco play. Uh, but DTR is concussed, and uh, Amari Cooper is hurt. Miles Garrett got hurt. It looked like he could be out for the season, but he looks to be okay, which is huge for their defense. I almost dropped him in fantasy because I thought he was going to be out. Uh, but yeah, Miles, like, the team is very banged up right now, and it's just kind of one of those they're not they're not strong unless this defense is fully intact fully clicking looking good yeah it doesn't doesn't really matter uh one note though for the browns uh tight end david and joku he had what did he have on the day six catches for 59 yards he he led the team he's so weird though cuz there's some weeks he looks like he's like the best tight end in football Another week's bricks for hands, can't catch anything. Uh, like, the reason why they lose some games. Uh, just weird to see people have those ebbs and flows during the season, but uh, I don't know. The Browns are fine. We'll see what they look like with Joe Flacco. Probably not that great, but I am excited to see old man Joe back in the saddle. Uh, we'll keep going, though. Rams 37, Cardinals 14. Welcome back, Kyron Williams. What a fucking return for you. 16 carries for 143 yards, 8.9 average. 
Uh, also added six catches for 61 on the day. Two touchdowns. Tyler Higby, also two touchdowns on the day. Royce Freeman, 13 carries for 77 yards, one TD. I love seeing the Oregon guy have that uh, career resurgence. Matt Stafford, 25 of 33, 229, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I was talking about, boom, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, need to have big games, blah, blah, blah. If you were to tell me that the Rams scored 37 points and Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua would, between the two of them, have seven catches and 100... 146, 147 yards, no, 147, 47 yards, uh, yeah, seven catches, 47 yards between the two of them, I would not have believed you, but here we are, the Rams are good, again, the Rams are one of these teams in the NFC hunting for a playoff spot somehow, uh, I don't think they're great, I think that the offense is good. I think that, again, Sean McVay is a very good coach and has this offense playing very well. I don't know. They can make it into the NFC. The NFC is very, very weird. I mean, we know that the Cowboys are a lock, and then it's the Seahawks are fading, the Vikings are fading, the Packers are trending up. I guess the Rams are trending up a little bit here. Uh... Who is who who's in those playoff spots for the NFC? Okay, yeah, no, yeah. Cowboys Seahawks, yeah, so Seahawks, Vikings trending down, Packers Saint or Packers Rams trending up. It's also ridiculous where the NFC is so bad where the five and six Saints are also like one spot out of a playoff uh race right now. Where if the NFC South gets two teams in their division to the playoffs, that is an absolute miracle. Uh yeah, so Kyron Williams, I mean, just absolutely superb. The Rams, whatever, they're fine, good for them. Uh, was there anyone to talk about on their defense? Actually, let me let me let me take a look. Ah, uh, sorry, needed a water break quickly, but Rams defense. Who are you, Kobe Turner? Kobe Turner, two sacks on the day. Cool. Uh, nothing really of note. Cardinals, on the other hand, I was predicting at the midseason that Kyler comes back, this Cardinals team takes a jump, gets kind of out of the basement of the uh, basement of the NFL. That has not happened. The offense has looked relatively the same uh, than it did with Josh Dobbs. But this was like Josh Dobbs at his like peak with the Cardinals, where it looked like this. So. Uh, not really great anyways, but yeah, they just flat out got their ass kicked. Uh, not much really to say. Uh, I got a couple notes, though. Greg Dortch uh, caught their lone receiving TD on the day. Greg Dortch, notably 5-7, did the too small celebration to his defender. Uh, at the time of his touchdown, I think it was 30, 30 to 8 I believe so that touchdown made it 30 to 14 and he's doing the two small celebration. I love it. Good job, Greg Dortch. Like I'm sure you got called small your whole life. I mean, for your sport, you are a tiny, tiny man, but 
you got to have better awareness. You can't be doing can't be doing that celebration too small, flexing on whatever defender. Uh, you can't be doing that when you're down by like 25. Uh, not a good look, and I guess it would have been only 22, but I don't really care. Uh, and last note uh, for the Cardinals here, Ottawa native Jesse Lucetta, uh drafted by the Cardinals, so he was on his way to the Cardinals stadium where he got a flat tire, obviously needed to get to the stadium. He spotted a family who looked like they were geared up going to the game, so he ran over and asked, hey, are you guys going to the stadium? Want to take me? Apparently, they didn't initially believe he was an NFL player because why would an NFL player be on the side of the road being like, hey, can you drive me to the game, drive me to the arena? Uh, Turned out, obviously, a lovely, lovely interaction between the family and him. They got him to the stadium. Everything was good, but uh, had to bring up that one because he is from Ottawa, is in the NFL. Uh, Just, yeah, cool to talk about a guy from Ottawa in the NFL. Uh, next game up, the the best game of the uh, of the week: Bills thirty four, Eagles thirty seven. Game went to overtime. Uh, yeah, and I guess we'll just uh, the Bills. I mean, the Eagles had the ball, not a lot of time left to push down the field, pushing down the field. Jason Kelsey gets two false start penalties in a row pushing them back, making it a long, long field goal for Jake Elliott to tie it up. I think it was a 60-yarder. Elliott absolutely nails it. Game goes to overtime. Uh, Bills start with the ball, and it's, oh, the Bills are starting with the ball, not the other team this time, as the Bills, I mean, notably got, wanted the NFL to change the rule about both teams should get the ball because they got burned in the Kansas City game. Uh, This game, Bills going down the field, Bills going down the field, uh, they stall out. They have a chance. Gabe Davis runs the wrong route that for what would have been a TD. They kick a field goal. Eagles get the ball back, storm down the field, score, game over. Uh, yeah, the Eagles are really, really fucking good. Jalen Hurts is probably the MVP front runner, uh, which I'm not really a fan of. Like His team is really, really good. He has all the rushing stats. He has like he has passing TDs. Like he had three passing TDs in this one. He also had sixty five yards and another another two TDs on the ground. But all of his touchdowns are just tush pushes. They're all like one yard, two yard scores. It's not. It's stat padding more than anything for Jalen Hurts. Uh, but is he the MVP front runner right now? I think on many sports books he is. That is fine. I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I also don't completely agree with it. Um, but he was great. He was great down late. Uh, Devontae Smith had a hell of a game. Seven catches, 106 yards, and a TD. A.J. Brown, touchdown on the game. Olamadi Zacchaeus also added a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, 14 carries for 80 yards for 5.7 a carry. Uh the fuck was that? Either way, uh, the Eagles are really good. This is kind of kind of what I do with the Rams. The Eagles are really good. I don't know what to really like tell you here. Uh, the defense is playing better. Their front seven is obviously incredible. The secondary is getting a little, little uh, a little bit better as the season goes on since they added Kevin Byard there. 
Uh, he's made his impact the last couple games. Uh, but, yeah, I think my one issue is that the offense is just, like, massive chunk play, massive chunk play. I feel like they never put consistent drives together. It's always you get a massive chunk play, and then you keep moving the chains, and that's that. So it doesn't seem consistent like it seems something that's very stoppable if you don't have Sean McDermott and the Bills defense folding under pressure again in the bright lights uh yeah either way the Eagles are very good but again it's one of those things where it just it makes you pause when you see why can they only get big plays down the field and never sustain any long drives and I guess as long as they're getting the big plays who fucking cares but uh the Bills, the Bills, on the other hand, uh, I got a sad Bills stat for you. The Bills are the 40th team since 1970 to have over 500, yar- 500 yards, 10 third down conversions, and a positive turnover margin in a game. Just the 40th team in NFL history to have those numbers since 1970. I just want to make that clear. And they are the first team to lose a game in that scenario. Uh, absolutely unbelievable that it was like, Only 40 teams in the history of NFL have had those stats. And you're like, of course, they're the only team to lose. Because how could you possibly lose with 500 total yards, 10 third down conversions, and a positive turnover margin? The Bills find a way. The Bills find a way again. Uh, Josh Allen, though, like, what can you say? Played like Superman in this one. Had the one bad turnover, but really did not really matter. Uh, Shouldn't have mattered at the end of the day. Allen was 29 of 51, 339 yards, two passing touchdowns, one interception, also added nine carries for 81 yards on the ground, another two TDs. Uh, Gabe Davis, I mean, Gabe Davis, want to talk about ebbs and flows in the season? He's unheard of, unheard of, unheard of. Spikes up for a huge Gabe. Now, did he fuck up on the last play? Sure. Uh, One thing, though, about Gabe Davis, shout out to Gabe Davis for being not really involved in the game plan the last couple weeks, but blocking his ass off in the run game. Very impressive. That gets you that gets you to stick around on NFL teams if you can block, you're willing to put your body on the line. Guys love to see that. Good job for Gabe Davis for honing in on that part of his game because being a wide receiver too might not be for you, my friend. Uh, as I say that, he fucking had 100 yards and a touchdown. Whatever. But yeah, Josh Allen was Superman, and it did not matter because McDermott, to end the game, plays in a prevent defense, just lets the Eagles dink and dunk down the field in the field goal range. He then burns a timeout while the Eagles are scrambling to get on the field to kick a field goal. Pauses for them, ices the kicker. Jake Elliott, absolute nails, makes it. Uh, But yeah, he could have had... Two timeouts, 20 seconds to get down the field, score a field goal. But no, they get the ball back. He took that timeout, so they only had one timeout and just took a knee, sent it to overtime. That is chicken shit coaching, and that's what gets you fired. I think he's already a dead man walking at this point, but what's the point of firing him? Like, I mean, you fire him, you don't have a defense coordinator. He is the defensive coordinator. I don't know if people knew that, but Sean McDermott was head coach slash defensive coordinator for this team. So right now, he's the only coordinator that he hired, or he was part of the staff at the start of the season. But I don't know. I don't know where the Bills go from here. The defense was playing really well, and then 
all of a sudden you let the Eagles claw back in and you start playing scared and this is what happens. I I still believe and I still I put out in my power rankings today where I still think the Bills are a top 10 football team in this league. They just went toe-to-toe with my best team in the NFL. I think they can do that. They can beat anyone in this league. They can also lose to anybody in this league. That's just the life of the Bills currently. Um, They're a very good team, but they're a very good team who might miss the playoffs. Like I am much more scared of the Bills in the playoffs than I would be against the Jags or the Steelers or any other of these teams in the wild card, like the Texans or the Colts or the Broncos. Or the Browns, I should say, too. I forgot about them. The Bills, the Bills are good. The Bills are a good team. They're just not, the results aren't there. And that's okay. It's not, it's, I'll take that back. It's not okay. It's not okay. But, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't think there's anything much more I can really say about the Bills. So let's keep going here. Uh, Chiefs 31, Raiders 17. Uh, Raiders went up 14-0 early, looking like, oh, man, are the Chiefs in trouble? Has this offense really not figured it out? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, that got turned around really quickly. Obviously, outscored the Raiders 31-3 to for the rest of the game. Uh, and they fixed their second-half woes. Yay! They hadn't scored in the second half in... Fuck, how long was that? I think it was, like, since Halloween, basically, and... Uh, they scored, slow to pull up the stats as per usual, uh, they scored 17 points in the second half, very nice, uh, very nice of them to see, the defense after allowing those two TDs, they uh, they really played well too, but uh, yeah, this offense looked like it was, again, looked like it was clicking, but it was also the Raiders, so uh but I've been saying for weeks where they need to find a number one receiver, they need to find someone they can use, be the focal point, get Pat Mahomes' chemistry with at least one of these wide receivers instead of shuffling them in and out. Rishi Rice turns out to be that guy, the first uh, Chiefs wide receiver to have 100 yards on the season. He had eight catches for 107 yards, one TD. Uh, also had a couple of drops in this one, so he could have had a much better performance if we're being completely honest, but put him on the field, make him play more than 70% of the snaps. Let him learn, let him, he's better than the guys who are just going to consistently drop. And I'm talking about guys like Sky Moore, Kadarius, Tony, Justin Watson, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, at least Rishi Rice is like talented, get the ball on his hands. He will make plays. He has been their best receiver this season. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco also added two touchdowns on the ground, only had 50, 55 yards on 15 carries. Pat Mahomes, 27 of 34, 298, two TDs. Uh, Travis Kelsey, 6 for 91. Yeah, the Chiefs just kind of, they did their thing. They rolled. Let's see if they can uh, continue the success. I forget who they have in their schedule. They got the Packers. Packers Sunday Night Football. The Packers are hot right now. Let's see if the Chiefs can cool them off a little bit. Raiders, on the other hand, Aiden O'Connell, 23 of 33, 248 yards and a passing touchdown. Only sacked once. 
Josh Jacobs, uh, big game on the ground, 20 carries for 110 yards. 63 was his longest carry, also had a touchdown. Stiff-armed, I don't know who it was, but stiff-armed him into oblivion on his way to the house. Uh, Jacoby Myers, big game, uh, six catches, 79 yards, and TD. Devontae Adams, only five catches for 73 yards. Uh, Wild to see Jacoby Myers, who the Pats could have kept for that exact same contract, but no, they decided to pay Juju. Jacoby would have been their best receiver by a wide, wide margin on that Patriots team. That's beside the points. Uh, beside the point, though, uh, Max Crosby, who was doubtful to play in this one, uh, all of a sudden did play. Kind of kept his uh, defensive player of the year campaign out there and alive. He finished with one sack. He has eleven and a half on the season right now. Um, yeah, the Raiders are a fine team. They're retooling. They got guys they like. They like a few guys on the roster. Uh, Marcus Peters was cut, though, from the team. Uh, I'm expecting Jack Jones to just basically take all his reps for the rest of the season. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders are fine. The Raiders are okay team. And we sh- well, let, let's just keep going, though. Uh, last game up, Sunday Night Football. Ravens 20, Chargers 10. Uh not an exciting football game. It just it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 18 of 32, 177 yards, one passing touchdown. Uh, Keen Mitchell, nine carries for 64 yards. Uh, but this was the big, big coming out part. Not not even big coming out party, but this was like ah, Zay Flowers is a weapon type uh, type game. He had one carry for 37 yards and a TD. He also had five catches for 25 yards and a touchdown and prove the Chargers and Tom Telesco of why did you draft Quinn Johnson over me? Because uh, Quinn Johnson in this game finished with one catch for seven yards. Good job, Tom Telesco. You should also lose your job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The Ravens The Ravens defense continues to roll. Uh, Jadavian Clowney with a sack on the day. Also, Broderick Washington, who forced those fumbles. Patrick Queen and Jadavian Clowney also forced fumbles. Uh, yeah, this defense has been one of the better units all season and without Marlon Humphrey. Uh, yeah, I, the, the Ravens are the Ravens are good uh, without Mark Andrews in the lineup too. Isaiah Likely four catches for forty yards. He was trying to hurdle over people. That man's just an athlete. I don't know how good of a football player he is, but he is an athlete. That is for damn sure. Uh yeah. Charger side Herbert twenty nine to forty four two seventeen passing touchdown and interception. Uh, also had a fumble was their leading uh, rusher on the day. Four carries for 47 yards. Eckler, 10 carries for 32. That man is running in quicksand. Uh, I don't know if I talked about this. I might have on Friday's episode last week, but uh, I think I did, actually. Did I bring up the like Austin Eckler on his play where it looked like he was running in quicksand a couple weeks ago? They like The next-gen stats thing said he was running 13 miles an hour. Like, that's like, that's like me. That's like, I can almost run that. Again, I still can't run that fast, but like, if that's Austin Eckler's top speed right now, that is, uh, 
that is not good. That is not good. Uh, Keenan Allen, though, he also had a fumble in this one, but, uh, right, right, he had a fumble? Yeah, he had a fumble in this one, but he also had 14 carries, or 14 catches for 106 yards, continues to be their only solid weapon on the offense. Uh, I don't know. What It's just a bad roster. Khalil Mack, another two sacks on the year. I think he's having a really good year. Yeah, he's got 13 sacks on the season. Great job for Khalil Mack having really a bounce back, uh, bounce back season, I believe, because last year, yeah, he hasn't had a double digit sack season since he was in Chicago in 2018. Uh, so awesome, big, big year for Khalil Mack. Uh, definitely deserves his flowers in this one, but, uh, I don't know, time after time, Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco, the just everything, tear it down top for bottom. I think if you were to I don't know, if you're to hang around with like who who is safe on this roster? Like Justin Herbert is, Keenan Allen is, uh I don't even know what Mike Williams contract. You should be able to get out of that, I think, at some point. Uh so okay. Justin Herbert, Rashawn Slater, Keenan Allen. Uh, Derwin James, Asante Samuel, like maybe, I think he's got four, those four guys, and I would cut Joey Bosa's ass to keep, keep Khalil Mack, uh, either way, the, 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 the Chargers, man, the Chargers, uh, they're done, they're not making a playoff spot, uh, Chargers, who do the Chargers have the same record as at the moment? Let's let's uh spill Super Bowl uh Super Bowl pick the LA Chargers uh have the same amount of wins as the Titans and the Jets and the Giants and the Bears and the Commanders. Sad. Very, very sad. However, if you finish that bad to have a top 10 pick, not a bad thing for the Chargers. Uh, I think that's going to do it, though. That's going to do it. I've talked a lot in this one. Uh, was a good episode, though. It was a good episode. Uh, it's one or it's 6.36. I still got to make dinner. Let's just end it here, then. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.